0: This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. The city of Chattanooga is getting ready to vote for a new mayor and city council. Early voting will begin February 10th and end on February 25th. The deadline to request an absentee ballot is February 23rd. Election day is March 2nd. Please visit the Hamilton County Election Commission website for more details. here with rachel torrance she is running for city council in district three and rachel if you could just tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and about the district that you're running in
1: i'm rachel torrance i'm running for district three that entails a little bit of a little bit of highway 58 all the way up to hickson so we've got murray hills we've got dupont we've got hickson I am married. I've been married to my husband for eight years. We've lived in Chattanooga since 2014. He's a native of Chattanooga, so we just decided that that's where we wanted to build our family. We have a five-year-old. Um, I have a, an undergrad degree from Tennessee Tech in Cookville, and then I have a master's degree from North Central University. I am excited to be here. I It's I don't see myself as a politician. So it's, it's very interesting that a year ago, I would have never seen myself in the position that that I'm in now. So.
0: Great. Uh, so this is your first time running, I'm guessing? Yes. So what is, what is kind of your overall vision? What are you planning you know what is your your overarching goal both for your district and for the city as a whole because you know city council does vote on things that affects you know everybody in Chattanooga
1: right Um, all people are essential the idea extends beyond COVID lockdowns however that's probably everybody's main concern right now um, people of color are essential white people are essential the poor are essential rich are essential immigrants are essential you have you have to understand that everyone is essential for different reasons. So when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, that the smallest minority is the individual. And when we create that, those blanket policies, even with the best intentions, sometimes they're more harmful than they are helpful. So I want, I mean, I've also been contacting my state rep over bills such as the HB 037, which states that no executive on the local or executive level, or the local or state level executives can deem a person essential or non-essential. I also want to reduce stress on small businesses by walking back some of those regulations that have kept them from opening their doors and thriving. I want to attack harmful policies while promoting accountability and transparency in city hall.
0: And you mentioned COVID, Um, you know, that's something obviously Chattanooga has been hit really hard, especially around Christmas time. And, you know, we're kind of on a downswing, the vaccine is starting to kick in, but there is that looming economic impact. You mentioned reducing regulations to help business open their doors, Um, you know, expand on that. And also if you have any other ideas to help the city recover or even stave off some of these economic impacts for small businesses and, you know, struggling renters.
1: Well, well there while there's no silver bullet to get back on track I'd start by allowing the businesses to reopen without government restriction I believe that individuals and small businesses are capable of finding solutions more quickly than any government um, as you I mean around six months is what the time frame is for um, the city to make those decisions and small businesses don't have that much time um, they have to act right now. We, we saw that Walmart and Amazon did not have to close at all. Um, the local mom and pops were forced to close and these giant corporations were able to thrive and grow. It would be hard to convince me that local businesses with their life savings on the line would not make better decisions on how to implement safety quicker, better than the government would if they would just get out of the way.
0: All right, we're back after a couple of technical difficulties. I'm going to pick up with the last question. Uh, The mayor is in charge of leading the budget writing process per the city charter. They write the budget and then present it to the city council for a vote. Currently the budgeting for outcomes process is about a six month public input process. And the city council has the right to amend or reject the proposal entirely. And it seems like in the past, the council has been reluctant to make any of those changes. They've kind of deferred to the process in place. There's a lot of arguments for and against Doing that, and I'm just wondering where do you stand? How involved do you think the city council should be in the budget writing process, and what, you know, what do you think that ends up looking like in a practical sense?
1: Okay, I mean, I don't really think that any single person, elected or otherwise, should actually have the ability to spend other people's money without check. Um, the city council was created to be the checks and balances of the decision making. So ultimately, I would like to see the community come together to make more of those budgetary decisions. And I honestly wouldn't be opposed to opening up some of these projects as a GoFundMe to allow those who can help a little more volunteer to do so.
0: And then a lot of people's uh, first real kind of exposure to the budget writing process was this past summer around the Black Lives Matter protests, we had over 200 people sign up to speak at a city council meeting to express their opinion on the fact that $70 million out of a $270 million budget was being spent on the police force. Um, there's a lot of different ideas on what to do with policing, especially when it comes to the budget. There are people who want to increase the budget so that we have better training, better salaries, that we can retain better officers. And then there's people who want to divest and reinvest. And you know, there's some people who want to defund entirely. Um, Where do you stand on this, both from a budgeting issue and also any other improvements you think we might make to our police department?
1: Yeah, this is a really important question in the current political climate. Um, The logical first step is for police accountability and to allow for body cameras for all officers. We need to restore the community trust while allowing the community to have more say in the policing. As of now our police are overworked because they're expected to respond to mental health calls, public safety calls, as well as criminal calls. I would love to see the police focusing on crimes with victims, theft, murder, human trafficking. I would love to see pilots such as STARS in Denver, Colorado and Cahoots in Springfield, Oregon to take some of the burden off of our police. And like I said, they're they're overworked. And with a $70 million budget, More of that should be going to wages. Um, I would, I would love to see us be able to do some of these pilots to, to make everyone safer. It's not just Mm -hmm. making the community safer; it's also making our police safer.
0: And could you briefly explain? You mentioned a couple programs that are being used in other cities. Could you briefly explain Mm -hmm. one of those programs just for our listeners?
1: Right. Um, Stars in Denver, they send a medic and a mental health worker um they've actually proven that it's it's saved lives um cahoots is very similar it's a medic and and a a, and a mental health worker um those programs i think they just started piloting them this year but they're already they're already sending out extra extra um Extra people to those calls, and whenever we we can make a difference by just changing our script. Do you need police? Do you need fire? Do you need mental health? Do you need a medic? Mm-hmm. Um, the I'm um, just adding those few extra questions on a script could really save more people.
0: So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about another issue. Um, Chattanooga has been making a name for itself recently as an outdoor destination. We've been named number one city by Outdoor Magazine twice now in the past few years. What are your thoughts on this new reputation, um, You know, both the opportunities that it presents and also the challenges that might come with that? And how do we navigate these two to make sure that we're balancing our policy?
1: Um, I don't think it's necessarily a new reputation, but I would like to see us support more of our locally owned tourist dest- destinations that are already here, like the duck boats, Rock City, Ruby Falls, the Choo Choo, and I think we just need to foster that environment where more businesses want to come here and show everyone the outdoors. We have such a beautiful city. Um, I just want them to be able to, to to come here and show everyone how beautiful our city is.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, And then another question I've got is that Chattanooga government still has a reputation as kind of an insider's club, you know, the same people being elected to office or the same groups of people being elected to office or funding the elections, things like that. What do you think the city council can do? What policies can we put in place to make sure that all Chattanoogans feel equitably represented in our city government?
1: Well, I think that's most of mostly all governments. And that's one reason why I'm here. I'm not a politician i never wanted to be a politician whenever i started to see some of the corruption that was going on on a federal level i knew that that wasn't only happening on the federal level so i think we also need to focus on holding those accountable in power and accept nothing less than transparency
0: Hmm. do you have any particular (laughs) policy proposals or ideas that that we might implement to Get to that transparent state.
1: I think the city council has to do what they're what they're called to do, and that is to to be a checks and balance mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, we're not seeing that with what you said with the budgets. They're not they're not going back on those, and not pushing them back. So I would like to see I would like to see us doing doing some pushback.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to. About another issue, there's several questions kind of related to development in the city, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's a lot of development going on right now and people have mixed feelings about it. Some people are worried that we're overdeveloping, that we are not being stringent enough with our regulations around stormwater wastewater steep slopes uh, traffic generation things like that. And then some others are worried that the number of regulations that we have is is keeping supply low and raising property values so that people are being priced out of their their neighborhoods. So I'm wondering, you know, the city council is particularly influential in this respect since they write all of these regulations and especially since they're in charge of the city zoning code. So I was wondering, what do you think the city council can do to improve both the, the quality and affordability of development in the city?
1: I think the for the most part, all of their all of their concerns are valid. Um, we need to be we need to sort things out to at the council level. Um, Decisions should not be by anyone on their own. I don't want to see development as a game of monopoly. I, I, and this is this goes back to I don't think that blanket statements help everyone. So we have to figure out how these how these policies are affecting not just those at different levels, but we need to focus on how they're affecting everyone as a whole. Right. Um, and some of those decisions are going to be hard to make. It comes down to again, the individual is the smallest minority, and we have to make sure that we're not doing harm to harm to one to to help another.
0: Mm-hmm. And then diving into this question of of development, one issue I hear a lot about is is gentrification, the idea of people getting pushed out of their neighborhoods as property values rise, neighborhoods that they may have been in for, you know, decades. We're seeing an influx of out in state, out of state investors buying up properties and flipping them. And we're seeing that our demand for public housing and Section 8 vouchers is, you know, way higher than supply, and we can't really keep up with that. What do you think the city council can do to increase housing affordability and also make sure that Chattanoogans can stay in the neighborhoods where they've they've grown up if that's what they want to do?
1: This is one of those policy, those policy questions that I was saying, attacking policy that is harmful. Um, I want to see some of those zoning, those zoning policies reevaluated, um, and know that this is not just a Chattanooga issue. I've heard, mm-hmm. I've heard it, it's happening in Nashville and Knoxville and Memphis, and they're all saying the same things. It's happening all over the country. And it's a, it's really a result of inflationary government borrowing and spending and printing, um, as a city councilwoman, there's not much that we can do except for to start attacking that at the state and national level and contacting our state and national representatives to support their efforts to try to ease the burdens of of our people.
0: Mm-hmm. And then one last question on the on the subject of development is kind of related to this is, is transportation. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to tackle transportation, multimodal transportation, you know, cycling, walking. Uh, there's public transportation, you know, CARTA has a lot of issues right now. People seem to agree that it's, it's not adequate for, for the needs of the city. And then there's also obviously automotive traffic, you know, people complaining about traffic jams and things like that. What do you think the city council can do to make sure that our transportation infrastructure is adequate for the needs of our city and also balancing the needs of different individuals?
1: I'm all for free market solutions to all or some of these problems. Um, I feel like when government is so closely involved, the, creati- the creativity of the market is squashed. I would love to see some smaller car vehicles to be able to get to those people in a more efficient manner. And also utilizing some route efficiency technology to lay out our routes and time frames of when particular particular routes would be more heavy and then put more put more vehicles on those. Um, the problem is we're just not getting vehicles to
0: the people. And then, um... That's all the specific questions that I have. But this this podcast is supposed to be a sounding board for candidates to get in touch with their voters, make sure that the voters are aware of, you know, your platform. So I want to make sure: Are there any other issues that you're passionate about that you you'd like to spend some time speaking on, for your voters?
1: Well, one of the things that I've noticed is that we've we've talked we talk about the parks and we talk about the youth development centers, but the park that's closest to my house is still closed. Um, there. I would love to be able to see us have more community, come, our community come together in in fun activities and those places that we can come together whenever COVID is is no more. Um, I want to be able to create those environments where we have something to look forward to and we have a community that we could start building up Mm -hmm. and building relationships. That's one of the biggest things that I see that I would love to be able to do. I've lived here since 2014. And I've kind of been the background. And although I have made some relationships here, I want to make more and I want to build up Chattanooga to be the Chattanooga that we all we all want to see for for the next generation.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, great. I want to thank you for your time. Again, where can candidates find out more about you?
1: Um, My website is RachelTDistrict3.com, and that is also the same on Facebook, RachelTDistrict3.com, or at RachelTDistrict3.
0: Great. Well, Rachel Torrance, thank you very much for your time, and good luck in March. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at ChatCivics, Civics, or visit the website, chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening.